0: I'm Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Honest Worship Podcast. I don't know why I clapped. I clapped. I don't know if you heard it, but I did clap. It was a
1: pretty loud clap. It
0: was a pretty loud clap. (laughs) But welcome to the Honest Worship Podcast. It is episode number 21. It's crazy. 21 episodes. Um, But if you remember, uh, I guess... If you remember, <laughs> every three episodes, we typically do a lyric analysis. And so episode 18, we didn't do a lyric analysis uh, because we were kind of doing like a woohoo, one year of THWP celebration kind of thing. Uh, but this is episode 21, and we are doing a lyric analysis uh, today. And so uh, you can probably tell by the title, but the song that we are doing today uh, is a song called Praise Before My Breakthrough. And we've mentioned this, I think, in episode uh two. Episode Episode 19 and episode 20, we didn't mention this song. Uh, and so we'll kind of try to go through scripture uh, as we do with all our lyric analysis. We try to go through each part of the song. So we'll go through the verse, we'll go through the chorus, verse 2, the bridge. Uh, and we try to see, uh, are these artists pulling from scripture? Um, and we'll see what the Bible uh, says about this song, uh, what Parts of this song are drawing from Scripture, and then we'll kind of look at the song as a whole. Towards the end, we'll uh, see, can we sing this song in worship? And then we'll hopefully, uh, we'll try to give you some uh, alternatives uh, to uh, this song. What can you sing in place of this? Um, And so, yeah, uh, by the way, I should probably say this. rufus is not joining me for this episode but we do have an other member of the thwp team rachel john that was so enthusiastic i know i kind of said like that like a said that like a game show host
1: yeah it was like an announcer
0: like an announcer it was pretty cool i thought i I liked it let me know if you guys liked it you can uh like comment subscribe (laughs) Click the bell for notifications. This uh, this is on YouTube, so you can click the bell for notifications. (laughs) Without further ado, let's jump right into it. There's a lot to kind of unpack in regards to this song. Uh, And then we'll go again, like we said, uh, we'll go through towards the end. Is this a worship song? Uh, What can we sing in place of this song? And so, yeah, let's jump right in. Uh, Praise before my breakthrough. And we will be um, listening to the song and then we'll talk about um, verse one. So let's go. is verse 1. I'm going to read the lyrics and then um, both me and my sister, we will both talk about, uh, about this verse. Uh, so let's read the lyrics right now. Um, verse one starts with uh, let me just adjust the mic here so i can see the screen as well uh, verse one starts with i know the tension of the now uh, i don't always understand i don't always get to see everything uh, when i'm old when i'm holding up my hands when i'm counting every breath lord all i need to know is you choose me you choose me and so let's uh, let's talk about this verse uh, and then we can kind of go through scripture and see what uh, what uh, is pulled from scripture uh, for this verse so let's talk about i know Know the tension of the now. I don't always understand. I don't always get to see. Um, When looking at the song, and when you kind of look at the overall lyrics of this song, you can see that this is a very like I guess uh, awaiting a song about really awaiting God to uh, move and God to break through and God to grant victory. God to uh, grant. Uh, healing or deliverance or whatever might whatever that particular breakthrough might look like Uh, and so when when you look at this part of the verse when it says I know the tension of the now this is again uh, they're probably in a place or in an area where it is very tense Mm -hmm. you know that's why the artist would write something like that where it is very tense and there are a lot of lot of things in our life that are very tense Uh, and everybody of course has very different situations Uh, when we think about um The experiences that are tense, maybe it's a test, and maybe from a test, it can be something completely different. Maybe it's a physical uh, struggle uh, that you might be enduring, or maybe it's um, sickness. Uh, Maybe it's another form of suffering that is very tense in that present moment. Um, And so, when you look at kind of the whole song and you look at this verse, you know, that's what my mind goes to, at least. then the next part goes. I don't always get to see everything, and so I'm again assuming in the in the broader context of this song, uh, I don't always get to see everything. You know, we kind of. Go to Romans eight twenty eight. You know all things work together for the good of those mm-hmm. who love God and are called according to His purpose. And so we don't always get to see uh, what is the good that's happening, right? I mean, in our suffering, in our in the deepest darkest parts of our life, when things might be going to absolute shambles, right? We don't always get to see how God is moving um, in that present moment, right? The tension of the now. We don't always get to see what God is doing. But we can trust that he is working all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so that's what I'm assuming, at least, uh, is what the artists are kind of talking about here in this first verse. Uh, and then they go to, uh, when I'm holding up my hands, when I'm counting every breath, uh, Lord, all I need to know is you choose me. And so I'm guessing that's just kind of like uh, kind of a act of surrender. Uh, in my, I'm guessing it's an act of surrender um, when I'm holding up my hands, when I... Uh, when I'm counting every breath Lord, all I need to know is you choose me. So do you have anything to add on to yeah,
1: that? You can definitely feel the weight of this moment as they're writing out these lyrics. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, the, the one part I really do like about these lyrics is where it says at the end that, that God chooses us. Mm-hmm. Um, love that part. Um, but the rest of it really points toward us, points toward our situation. And I think that's where we can kind of get lost a little bit. Um, mm. And where we can kind of step away from what what it says in Scripture when it says that God is working all things together for good is mm-hmm. when we look at the severity of the situation that we're in. So I appreciate the tension that's, that's brought into this. I appreciate all of that. Um, but when we look at um, whether or not this is going to point to um, Jesus, we're not seeing that until the last two lines of yeah, this, and so yeah. that's kind of where where I have tension in this now. Um, yeah,
0: mm-hmm. and I think that's interesting what you said. Um, you know, that it's kind of pointing to more of our situation rather than the God who is working in our situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't. And here's the thing. Uh, on this podcast, we you, do like to you know differentiate between congregational worship and personal. Uh, prayers, personal experiences, personal pleas to God that you have. Uh, and so I, I have seen churches singing this song. Uh, I, I love watching, you know, worship from other churches. I love watching other church services. Um, of course, I have a local church that I attend. My sister attends. Ooh. Yeah, we are we both serve at our local church. Uh, and so, of course, I have a local church and I do still, apart from my local church service, like to watch other churches services. And I have seen this song uh, being used as a worship song. Uh, and so there are, of course, instances in which you come before God and you say, God, here is what I'm going through. Uh, David does that in the Psalms. Now, those Psalms necessarily aren't worship songs. Um, We know that there are different kinds of Psalms. You can look in the headings of the Psalms and it'll tell you uh, there is a word in Hebrew uh, which differentiates the Psalms. Mm -hmm. There are different words. Uh, Psalm 51 is one of those songs that very clearly, even just by reading the Psalm, we can tell that this is a separate Uh, experience that is happening here it's not a worship experience it's not a worship uh, psalm it's a psalm that is a personal prayer and even says that in the heading you know this is the prayer that David prays after he sinned with Bathsheba Mm -hmm. and so I'm not you know in any way trying to say hey if you are going through a personal uh, struggle or situation you know you have no place to bring that to God that's not what I'm trying to say um there is definitely place for you to bring that to God. You know, run to God, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you, right? But when we come to personal, uh, worship and when we differentiate that between personal and congregational worship in the the sense of congregational worship for us as worship leaders, right? Me and my sister, my sister is the worship leader at our church. And I've, by the grace of God, have been given abilities, uh, given the ability or I guess opportunity opportunity Opportunity. there we go (laughs) had a difficult time there Clap! I clapped again I don't know if you guys guys heard that I have been given opportunities to lead worship um but is that something that we want to do when we come to when we come together as a congregation and we you know the apostle Paul many times mentions you know encourage one another in psalms hymns and spiritual songs do you, do we really think that it is the most encouraging thing to do the most christ honoring thing to do to come together as a congregation and point people to their situations yeah is that really something that we want to do mm. and i think that's something that we all have to consider as worship leaders as pastors as congregation members also do we want to sing songs that really point us more to the situation than it does to the God who's working in the situation. Yeah. You know, Um, if anything to add on to that.
1: Yeah, I think there is also just we'll see this throughout the song, I think. But if we were to hold a scorecard, right, and say, God, one side situation, the other side, I think the situation wins when it comes to this verse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because the attention is given to the situation. And I'm not saying that your situation isn't important. I'm not saying that what you're going through isn't important. um, Right. Because just like we said in Psalm 51, it's so clear what David is going through. He asked God to have mercy on him. Mm -hmm. Um, He says, I know my transgressions. My sin is before you. All of these things. Right. Like David brings up his his issue um, right. And the issue is actually like the heading of the psalm itself. Mm. But all throughout that psalm, we see who the who the who the person is that stands at the forefront. And that's not David. It's God. Yeah. Um, and yep. so in the same way, if we were to apply that same kind of thinking to this verse here, I think the victor of this verse is the situation mm. um and so i think it's important for us to look at that all throughout especially when we're talking about the context of congregational worship um rufus and sammy have continually said uh, when we are singing and worshiping as a congregation who is at the forefront this is christ-centered worship it is god-centered it is jesus-centered mm. he is the victor yeah um and so w- even just in this first verse if, if the situation is what's sitting on top then has our focus in worship turned away from God and onto our situation. Because the moment we take our, our eyes off of Jesus, the true victor, um, there's an issue. Yeah. There's a problem there. Yeah. And so yeah.
0: And I don't wanna, you know, completely discredit the artist. I do think, you know, the last two lines like you mentioned, Beautiful. you choose me, you choose Beautiful. me. Um that is a that is a truth that we have as Christians. And honestly uh, me personally, I think that is one of the greatest hopes that mm-hmm. we have as a Christian. Um, our assurance of our salvation lies in that. Every yeah. every hardship that we endure, every difficulty that we endure, every uncertainty that we might experience on this earth can all be wiped away in just that a simple yeah. assurance of God's love for us. Mm. Right. And, and when I look at this first verse, honestly, I wish the artist would point much more to that than they do everything else. Uh, you know, I know the tension of the now. And again, I'm not saying that there aren't instances in our life and situations in our life that aren't tense. There are 100% there are. And we can absolutely in- endure those kind of situations. But when it comes to congregational worship, When it comes to us gathering as believers, singing praises to our God, do we really want to sing songs and lyrics that focus on present situation? Wouldn't we much rather sing verses and choruses and bridges just like those last two verses where it puts our hope and our confidence and our assurance in the love of God? Mm -hmm. And so when I think of this verse again, There is time where we run before God and we leave everything at his feet and say, God, this is a situation I am going through. But for us as worship leaders, for us as congregation members, for us as pastors, when we come together as a congregation, the greatest hope that we have is not pointing people to their situation, is not pointing people and directing them to the tension of the now, but to the love of God most clearly and magnificently displayed towards us through his son mm-hmm. at the cross and so uh, that's kind of our two cents on that verse and we're going to go into the chorus now of praise before my breakthrough
2: i'll praise before my breakthrough till my song becomes
0: That is the chorus of praise before my breakthrough. I'm gonna lead, read. Lead. I'm gonna read the lyrics, uh, and then we'll discuss. Uh, the chorus says, "I will praise before my breakthrough, um, till my song becomes my triumph. I will sing because I trust you. I will bring my heart. I will lift my song." Uh, do you want to start off with this chorus?
1: Sure. Uh, the one thing I do want to say, and I meant to say this earlier, but Katie Torwalt's voice is beautiful. Yeah, Katie Torwalt. I can't a really, really like nice not voice. go into this without saying that her voice and her tone, oh my goodness, just absolutely yeah, beautiful. and I don't
0: think we mentioned the artists of the song. Brian and Katie Torwalt, by the way, are the ones that uh, wrote this. A really popular, pop, famous, popular song that uh, you might know is Holy Spirit, which they wrote. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. They, yeah, they, they wrote Holy Spirit. It. Um so that is a really popular song that they wrote um and so uh this is just one of the songs that they uh they wrote and so we're discussing it now and what you said absolutely 100 percent. her voice is really 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 nice and brian brian Torwall, i think what's the other song they sing a song um when you walk into the room uh-huh yeah. yeah when you walk. he, into he room. sings that song really really i like i actually like that song uh, and he he his voice is really nice on that song too
1: yeah There anyway <laughs> yeah (laughs) we love how they sound yeah (laughs) um
0: back to the chorus (laughs)
1: right back to the chorus um yeah i i think the the first line of this is really really interesting i'll praise before my breakthrough Mm. um and it leaves me in the question of there's a before after there's a before during and an after Mm. and what Mm. happens in all of that Mm. um because I think uh, our praise before my breakthrough leaves us in the question of, is your praise for your big breakthrough, or is it happening because of God Himself? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think that's something for us to think about there. And, and what if your breakthrough doesn't happen, or in the way that you expected it mm-hmm. to? What if God's will? Right. I'm just gonna bring out an example. I'll I'll use myself as an example. Right. Um. God. Had got like really sick when I was in college and had like really bad migraines. And I was trusting that God was going to send full, complete healing. Um, but I still have migraine headaches today. Um, and Especially when the seasons change, it's like horrible. Um, <laughs> but was my healing like full as in like they were completely gone? No. Um, but what do I do in that sense when every time I get a migraine headache, like, I, does that mean that I don't praise God? Um, like, what does that look like after that? Mm. Um, and so I think that's, that's just in, yeah. What if, what if it doesn't come out the way that we expect it and we hope, what is our response to God then? Um, and it reminds me of the book of Daniel when um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, this is Daniel three, um, when they're about to be thrown into the fiery furnace, right? Yeah. And... They I wonder if like they thought in that moment, like God's deliverance for us or our breakthrough um, is going to be God showing up and us not being being thrown in. Mm. But we see that they were thrown in. Um, mm. Mm. And in verse 18 of chapter three. Um, actually, I'll, I'll read verse uh 16, 17, and 18 for us. This is after King Nebuchadnezzar asks, is there a God who can deliver you out of my hands? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego reply to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But even if he does not... Let it be known to you, O King, that we are not going to serve Mm. your gods or worship Mm. the golden image that you have set up. And so what I I love the continuity that's seen in this, like before they are not bowing down to this idol. Even if God doesn't deliver us from this, we are not bowing down to this idol. Even if that means we die Mm. like that's, that's pretty severe. Yeah. Uh, There's a severe consequence for their, for their deliverance not coming through Mm. in the way that they're expecting it to. And Where does that leave us, especially when we're going to sing a lyric like that? I'll praise before my breakthrough. What happens after? Mm. Um, And so, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, And what you said, you know, in regards to the verse, there is a sense in which there is before, during, and after. Um, And I think as soon as we see in the next line, till my song becomes my triumph. I think it's very clear, uh, unfortunately, the artist's intention in saying that the worship eventually does lead to your breakthrough. The singing eventually does lead to your breakthrough. You know? Um, And we talked about this in episode 19, what is worship not? Worship is not us trying to coerce God into giving us a breakthrough. Worship is not us trying to coerce God into moving on our behalf. And of course, there are instances in which we run before God, like we already said, we run before God with our issues, with our hardships, with the sickness that we might be enduring, and we say, God, I need you in this situation to move on my behalf. And in those moments, I would encourage, you know, be like like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Mm -hmm. You know, even if God doesn't deliver us from that sickness, even if God doesn't deliver us from that situation, do we still know that God is supreme and sovereign and worthy of praise? Mm. And when we look in the context of worship, one, we know that worship is ultimately by God for God. All right, We We can't touch that. We as Christians do not have a say on what worship is. We do not dictate it. At all. Sure, can we can we decide what kind of music we want? Yeah, I want drums in my worship. I want electric <laughs> guitar in my worship. And then you go to like a Presbyterian church and they want organ in their worship. And there's, there's of course, there's Christian liberty in that. But where there is no Christian liberty is in what worship truly is. We do not have a say in that. God writes in his word. I mean, as, we see as early as... Um, you know, I'm, my, first, my first like big screaming picture of this is in Exodus. Uh, Exodus mm-hmm. where God is giving the laws to yeah. his people on how they should live. And the first few commandments are what? All in pertinence to you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make an idol. You shall not bow down to any other idol. You shall not use my name in vain. You shall remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Why? Because these pertain to the worship of God. He's pertained to what is, who is king of, over your heart. Is it a God that is supreme and satisfying and sovereign because that's who he is? Or is it a God that is supreme and satisfying and worthy of worship because he gives us certain things? Mm-hmm. I think that's a question that we, as not just the American church, whatever church you might be going to. We need to ask that question. What drives us to worship God? And unfortunately, in this song, I feel like the reason as to why we're singing in in what the lyric says, I'll praise before my breakthrough till my song becomes my triumph. The reason as to why we are singing is so that God will give us breakthrough. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And that's heartbreaking. Why do I say that's heartbreaking? Because we see, I mean, just look to the scriptures. Look to the scriptures. Think about the apostles. Think all of the apostles, except for John, were martyred. Historically, that is what the church has believed, and historically, that's what most of the evidence points to, that John is the only disciple that was not martyred.
1: Not to say that he didn't go through. Yeah, that's not things. to
0: say. Before he was exiled to the island of Patmos, they threw him in boiling oil. He didn't get burned, and so they were just like, "All right, we can't kill you, so we'll send you out somewhere. Hope you die. <laughs> you know, a sad, lonely death." Who ends up writing the book of Revelation, but you know that's not that's not what the apostles did. That's not, and you can point to the instance of oh, Paul saying in the prison. Yes, Paul did sing in the prison.
1: But why did Paul sing in the prison?
0: exactly? But why did Paul sing in the prison? I mean, we see the Apostle Paul when he's talking about worship, the w- verse that we always go to for this podcast. He's kind of like our core verse. We have a hoodie that says, says this verse. You know, I appeal to you, brethren, by what? It's not by breakthrough. It's not by victory. It's not by promise. By the mercies of God. Mm-hmm. Believer, you and I, we worship and we sing and we declare who God is because of what he has done for us by saving us. By saving us and redeeming us. You know why we can sing because God has saved us and redeemed us? Because at the cross, we see the fullness of who our God is mm-hmm. that He is holy, that He is just, that He is full of wrath towards sin. That's who God is. And yet we see that He is infinitely merciful, infinitely gracious, infinitely loving that he himself would bear the punishment that we deserved and redeem us and call us to ourselves. That's why the saints sing in Revelation, Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God. Dear friends, the Apostle Paul did not sing all praise before my breakthrough. Peter, when he was nailed upside down to be killed, He's crucified upside down. Uh, most uh, of church tradition will agree that Peter said, you know, I'm not worthy to die like my Savior. So let me, you know, be hung upside mm. down so I could kiss his feet. Mm. I, I, would, I, I really do not think Peter was hanging on that cross and he i all praise before my breakthrough so that my song will become my triumph. And again, I'm not saying God can't deliver us from hardship. He does. How do I know that? Again, let me just point you to the apostles. They endure hardship over and over and over again, but they are delivered over and over and over again. And still they died horrendous deaths. Really, really terrible deaths, a lot of these apostles. Thomas, probably, in my opinion, probably one of the most gruesome deaths, speared to death in India. And friends, I'm not, again, they got delivered. They were delivered. But when they were experiencing the hardest and most difficult portions of their life where they had to either denounce Christ or be killed for their faith, they didn't sing songs to get out of the situations. Even when the Apostle Paul is in prison, he didn't sing a song to get out of the situation. I'm sure the last thing that the Apostle Paul wanted to do as he's beaten and bleeding in that prison chained to the wall is to sing. But what motivated him to do that? Even in that difficult, deep, dark, sick circumstance, I can guarantee you that it was not breakthrough. But like the Apostle Paul says in his letter to the Romans, the mercies of God, the mercies of God, dear friends, is what causes us to sing amidst difficulty, amidst trial, and amidst hardship, and amidst suffering. We look to the cross and we sing, Jesus, you are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God. Even if God does not deliver us from the fiery furnace, we will not bow down to the idols. Can we do that, believers? Friends, THWP family, can we do that? Is Jesus all satisfying that amidst difficulty, amidst hardship, yes, of course, appeal to God to work in your present situation and in your circumstance. But when you come before him to sing praises to his name, does who he is drive you to worship? And let's just go quickly to the next part. I will sing because I trust you. And I actually really like that part. I will sing because I trust you. Again, I think we see like these kind of rays of really beautiful sunshine uh, (laughs) in each part in the verse. In verse one, you know, you choose me. And in this verse, I will sing because I trust you. Again, I wish that the artist wrote really just this whole chorus about this. I will sing because I trust you. Hmm. You know, not the breakthrough that God gives us. Because there are instances where we don't get the breakthrough. We don't get the victory that we wanted. Where we don't see the things that we wanted come to pass. Yeah. And so what do we do then? Do we still trust God in those situations, in those circumstances?
1: Yeah, so one of the the verses that the songwriters um, pointed to is they, we were just looking at some things on Worship Together um, one of the scriptures they point to is Psalm 13, verses 5 to 6. and mm. um, I'll read this verse. Let me change the translation on this really quick. Uh, there we go. Um, so this is verses 5 and 6 of Psalm 13. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Mm. The songwriters wrote with this verse in mind. But I think when we come to sing it in the congregation, Mm -hmm. we're not thinking, I'm being serious, right? Like I wouldn't Mm -hmm. have thought that as Mm -hmm. I was singing this, I would have thought about my situation. I would have thought, yeah, I trust God that God is going to get me out of this. I trust that God is going to do the miracle and do this so that I can get out of this situation. And that would have been my focus as I was singing this. I would not have thought worthy is, is the lamb who was slain before the foundations of the earth. So
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, And I think, you know, you pointed out uh, this, that verse in, that the artist used, Psalm 13, 5 to 6, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. It's the attribute of God. They're pointing to the attribute of God. The psalmist there is not singing about or is not writing about just some vain experience that he had or a breakthrough that he received or a victory, or a promise that he laid claim to because of singing a song. No, he's singing and he's writing about the steadfast love of God. That's what his trust is in. The attribute of God. The attribute of God's love. Who God is and who God has revealed himself to be and who the psalmist knows God to be is what he trusts in. And believer, my question for you today is, is that the same thing for you? For us as members of a congregation and as believers, is that the same thing for us? Are we trusting in who our God is? Mm-hmm. Are we worshiping and are we singing because we are so captivated by who He is, irregardless of what He gives, for, gives, mm-hmm. uh, gives us? And uh, let's, keep, let's keep going. We got to kind of wrap up this chorus. Um, I will bring my heart, I will lift my song uh i'm honestly i'm a little confused as to what this is supposed to mean. do you have any thoughts
1: well i want to bring us back to psalm 13 on this right because i think the the whole the entirety of the psalm actually gives us a better picture of what this is supposed to look like Mm. um so i'm going to read all of psalm 13 for us um how long O lord will how long O lord will you forget me forever how long will you hide your face from me how long must i take Counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day. How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O my God, O Lord my God, light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemy say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. And now, David says. But I have trusted in your steadfast Mm. love. Mm. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully bountifully with me. And so David brings all this up before God. He says, God, look at my situation. God, help me. And then he says, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. Mm. And so can we do that? Mm. Right? Like can we break the conjunctions in scripture are so important. Yeah. Right? The fact that he says, but I have trusted. This might be my situation, but I have trusted in God. Mm. And he is the one Mm. that I will look to. I will look to the Lord who is my salvation.
0: Mm. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I mean, and I think when we look back uh to the song, uh I will bring my heart, I will bring my song. I'm I'm guessing that's just talking about the general act of worship yeah i'm assuming yeah. that that's what that's talking about and we see you know the psalmist right there i mean th- the first four verses are intense yeah oh, they're intense verses and he starts off what is it what did it say in the translation uh how long have you turned your face away from me how,
1: how long will you hide your face how long me? will you
0: hide your face from me i mean that is i mean when you think about it that is like like suffering and difficulty yeah. and turmoil to the most
1: yeah and the other thing I want to just point out here is we were talking about in verse 1 situation versus God Mm. Um, right Mm. if you look at Psalm 13 David is certainly pointing toward his situation but even in this, who is the center of the situation? It is not David. It is not the situation that's the center. It is God who is the center. Mm-hmm. He says, how long, mm-hmm. oh, Lord, how long will you hide your face from me? God, yeah. where are you? Yeah, yeah. It's not God, this is what I'm going through right now. It's God, where are you? Yeah. And so it's pointing toward God. And, mm-hmm. and overall in this cornet, chorus, I know we're wrapping it up, but I'm going to bring our scorecard back, right? chorus situation one but i think it i mean verse one situation one i'm gonna add a player into the game right now it's situation god and then you or the individual and i think in the chorus the individual is a victor and mm. not god mm. because i will praise before my breakthrough till my song becomes my triumph mm. i will sing i will bring i will lift and so the center of the chorus is not god unfortunately yeah it's the individual
0: yeah and so let's go to verse, uh, no, we already, did we do verse 2? No, we didn't do verse We two. didn't do verse 2. Wow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so we'll do verse 2 quickly, and then we'll do uh, the bridge.
2: When I'm listening for your voice, and I'm shutting out the noise, I know that you will speak clearly.
0: All right, that is verse two. I'm just going to very quickly read the lyrics. Uh, When I'm listening for your voice, when I'm shutting out the noise, I know that you will speak clearly. When I'm living out my faith, when I'm stepping on the sea, I know that you will take my hand and walk with me, walk with me. Uh, and we'll just go over this verse very briefly because we still do have the bridge and we want to talk about, uh, you know, is this a song that we should be singing in our church? Uh, what are some alternatives? What does uh, a good worship song look like? And so we're going to try to do that very quickly uh, in this time span. Um, but let's just go through quickly verse two. Um, I'll just kind of give like a brief overview. And then uh, if you want to add anything. Um, when I'm listening for your voice, when I'm shutting out the noise, I know that you will speak clearly. And I think God is absolutely speaks god absolutely speaks and all again all three of us here at the honest worship podcast we believe that the holy spirit can speak to us and primarily the holy spirit speak to us through his word through his word the holy spirit speak to, speaks to us through his word clearly <laughs> clearly and so, in our situation, in our difficulty, in our hardship, what I'm assuming that the artists are kind of pointing to is that amidst this difficulty, amidst, and like he said in verse one, you know, I know the tension of the now. Amidst the tension, amidst the difficulty, we can hear God speak to us, mm-hmm. right? And primarily, again, I want to point to the Word of God. Right? The Bible has so much hope for the suffering heart. The Bible has so much hope for those who mourn. I mean, look at Jesus' uh, Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who, blessed are those who, right? We see suffering, persecution, mourn, who weep, right? And so we see that the Bible speaks to us clearly in regards to our situation, in regards to our circumstance. The Bible will comfort us, not by pointing to breakthrough or victory or promise. And yes, we see promises in Scripture, by the way. And one promise that we often skip over is the promise of suffering. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm being very honest with you. That's a promise. You go to any church and most likely they will point to many promises in the Bible, but they will leave out the one where the Apostle Paul says, and even Jesus, most clearly Jesus says, you will be dragged through the synagogues. You will be persecuted for my namesake. But what does Jesus say? Blessed are you you when they persecute you and revile you for my name's sake mm. suffering is their believer suffering is there the apostle paul says in the book of uh, philippians chapter one itself and by the way the apostle paul is writing this book while he's in prison it's technically house arrest <laughs> but what does he say it has been granted to you that you not only believe but also suffer for his sake that's a promise. Believer, that's a promise. Suffering is a promise. And where do we turn? Where does our heart turn? Amidst suffering, amidst difficulty, amidst sickness, amidst persecution, amidst unrest, whether it be physically or mentally, where does our heart turn? Please, I'm begging you, turn to the scriptures, turn to God, pray before God, ask him, God, reveal who you are to me. I mean, read Romans 8. Though we are led like sheep to be slaughtered, what does he say? In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. What does Jesus say to the believers? You will endure suffering in this world, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Our confidence and our rest believer lies in Christ. And so I appreciate the artists here for doing that. When I'm listening for your voice, when I'm shutting out the noise, I know that you will speak clearly. Do I necessarily think that they were trying to point (laughs) to the scriptures? Uh, I I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't say 100% that they were trying to point to the scriptures. But I think um, in a much broader context of where God can speak to us through suffering, uh, through hardship and in the midst of hardship, we can definitely go to the scriptures, go to God, and he will speak clearly to us. Uh, next, let's go very quickly. When I'm living out my faith, when I'm stepping on the sea, I know that you will take my hand and walk with me. Um, again, I think this is just kind of quickly talking about uh, God's faithfulness in our Christian walk. When we step out in this Christian walk from the moment that we, you know, say, Jesus, I believe in you i submit to your kingship i know that you are lord and i'm going to follow you with everything i have i mean i i personally believe that from that moment on god is keeping us until the day that he comes i firmly believe that and so yes absolutely god takes our hand 100 god takes our hand i think more than god taking us our hand taking our hand i think that he picks us up and carries us I mean, we see that Jesus says that nothing can snatch them out of my hand when he's talking about his sheep in John chapter 10. Nothing can snatch us out of his hand. Believer, let that be an assurance to you, right? From the moment that we, in faith, put our trust and our confidence in Jesus, from that moment on, we can trust that he is walking with us and more than that, we are secure in his hand. Um, you have anything to add on to that
1: yeah i just i mean obviously the passage of scripture that's being pointed to here is when peter um, steps out onto water Mm -hmm. um, where it says when i'm living out my faith when i'm stepping on the sea Mm -hmm. i know you will take my hand but let's look at what happens in matthew 14 when peter steps out onto the sea um we see him very clearly drowning why because he took his his eyes off of jesus he took his gaze off of jesus um and it says in, verse, in Matthew chapter 14, verse 30, it says, so. but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Uh, and Jesus immediately took his hand and reached out to him. And, and after this whole thing happens, right, after Jesus rescues him, what does Peter do? In verse 33, it says, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Mm. And so can we trust, mm. friends, that even when we are going through suffering that even when we are drowning literally um, that it can point to the glory of God mm. that it can point to his um, his name his renown being exalted so that just like in verse 33 it says and all those in the boat worshiped him saying truly you are the son of God yeah and so yep. where do we where do we find ourselves do we want just to see like breakthrough happen so that we can live a better life or that Mm. things can be easier for us? Or is it so that people would know Mm. and look at Jesus and say, truly, he Mm. is the son of God?
0: Yeah, and even if we don't get breakthrough, are we able to say, God, in my suffering? But the Apostle Paul, I know we talk about the Apostle Paul a lot and it's kind of hard because he wrote 75% of the (laughs) New Testament. Um, But the Apostle Paul, right, he's writing to the church in Philippians and he says, through my imprisonment, That has become known to the whole imperial guard. Mm -hmm. What? That my imprisonment is for Christ. Mm. That his suffering, his hardship, his difficulty is for Christ. And if again, and I know we're talking about suffering a lot because I don't want us to say here on this podcast, you know, don't sing songs like like this where, you know, it's pointing to this temporary earthly breakthrough and earthly promise and earthly victory without giving you hope. Mm. Believer, there is hope. Yeah. There is hope. There is hope in who Jesus is. And let me tell you, every bit of your suffering is worth it. One, because it's producing for you an eternal weight of glory. But we also see that in your suffering, what? Christ is magnified. Christ is magnified. And so if that encourages you, believer, look to that. Look to that. See Christ being exalted in your suffering. That in every ounce of your suffering, Jesus is glorified. Why? Because though he slay you, yet you will praise him. You will still hope in him and still trust in him. Why? Because you know that he is working all things for your good, including your suffering. He is still sovereign over your suffering. And that's beautiful. That is Mm. so beautiful. Um, and so let's quickly go. Uh, if do you have anything to add, or we can go jump into the bridge. Let's go to the bridge. All right, let's jump into the bridge of this song, and then we will talk about it, and then we will uh, start closing out. Hey. All right. And it does repeat that bridge, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's uh, just um, read the lyrics very quickly and then we'll talk about it. Uh, he who came in power, um, he will come again. He who heals the sick, won't he move again? He who raised the dead, won't he raise again? And I will sing. I will sing. Uh, do you want to start off? with this? We love the bridge. Yeah. Well, I love the bridge. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. This scorecard, who is the victor? God is the victor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um full on we see it in this portion of the song, this is where like we see God exalted holy. Um and I want to point to the other verse that the songwriters use in for this is Isaiah twelve, two. Um it says, Surely God is my salvation, I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord Himself is my strength and my defense, he has become my salvation and i and i the what we see in isaiah 12 too is this like exalting of god and we see that mirrored here in this bridge and i i want to say it's really the only place in this whole song where god is truly like mm. put on full display yep. nothing else takes away for him from him he is he is magnified holy um and, and the one thing that like really came to mind for me as i was listening to this part is Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, mm. and forevermore. Mm. And so he who came in power, he will come again. Yes. Amen. Um, it is trusting in what God has done, who what he has shown himself to be, and putting our hope and assurance in him. Again, he who heals the sink, won't he move again? Yes, mm. he will. Yes. Because he is still able. He is still healer. He who raised the dead, won't he raise again? And friends, I cannot stress this enough. One of the, I believe the greatest miracle is that God took we who were dead in our trespasses and sins and raised us to life in Christ Jesus Mm. he will raise us to life amen and because of who he is we will sing Mm. and so yeah huge fan of this bridge love how it puts Jesus on display and exalts him yeah and I don't want
0: to add too much to that because I think you did a beautiful job in just covering this up but absolutely this bridge does point to who God is um And I think this outlines well, and we're going to go into, you know, what can we, what song should we sing? I think this outlines well what we should sing. It magnifies God. It magnifies who he is. He is the one who came in power. I mean, when we think about Jesus, right, we typically think about this very humble servant king. And that he is. Absolutely, Jesus is that. But we also see Jesus being the same one who's in the garden and he says, do you not know that I could appeal to my father and I can have legions of angels come down here? Isn't he the same one that also, he? you, you know, if you read the passage uh, in John where Jesus is, you know, they come to arrest Jesus, um, you see that Jesus says, I am he. And we talked about this in our I am episode of the atonement series. Um, that word there or the words there is just ego Emi, and that simply translates to in the most basic form simply translates to I am and when we G, when we see Jesus say uh, you know before Abraham was I am right when we see every single time in the instances where Jesus is walking on the water uh, and he comes before and he says do not be afraid I am he right it's its no, it doesn't there's no he in the actual Greek it just says I am am ego Emmy. why because jesus is the i am that we see in the old testament mm. he's the one that's speaking to moses in that burning bush saying i am who i am god right there in that garden orchestrates his own crucifixion crazy crazy mm. right how beautiful is that how beautiful is that and so he came in power then and one day he's going to come in power again Right. We see in Revelation chapter 19, I believe it is the rider on the white horse. Right. Mm-hmm. On his robe is written uh, word of God. It's robe dipped in blood and on his thigh. It says King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Right. And out of his tongue comes a double edged sword. And it's awesome. Right. This awesome, awesome picture of our King of Kings and Lord of Lords yeah. coming again in power. Um uh, he who heals the sick, won't he move again? Absolutely. I love that verse again. I am a firm believer that God is able to heal the sick to this day. 100%. He will do it. Mm-hmm. He is doing it. He yeah. is working even today. Um, and then he uh, who raised the dead, won't he raise again? And like my sister pointed beautifully, Ephesians chapter 2. I think we mentioned this uh, literally every single episode. How can you not? <laughs> How can you not mention Ephesians chapter 2? Uh you know, we who were dead in our trespasses and sins, more, more than just physical raising from the dead, God yeah. is absolutely able to do that. And there will come a day, right? This mortal body shall put on immortality. Mm-hmm. And we talked about last episode, you know, this body that is stained with sin shall be washed clean of all impurity. We shall be given a new body dressed in the righteousness of Christ, stand before his throne and sing praises to the King of kings and Lord of lords for all eternity. And yet we see a glimpse of that even on this earth. When one single person comes to faith, we know that God has just raised them out of that muck and the mire and placed them on the solid rock. That is Christ Jesus. He raises the dead believer. Absolutely. Mm. Um, And then at the end, I will sing. I will sing. It's just because of who God is, because of what he has done, we can sing. Um, So yeah, all in all, uh, let's talk would you sing this song as a worship song
1: would i sing this yeah. song? <laughs> um, i would not sing this mm. in the, in the context of congregational worship mm. i would not sing this as a worship yeah. song uh,
0: i also would not sing this as a worship song um and i don't want to just you know kind of Oh, here's, I just don't think I just don't like this song but uh, you know in everything that we went through one question that I would ask you uh, the listener to uh, ask yourself is in every lyric that you have seen of this song in every part that we have broken down has your heart been motivated to gaze upon Jesus and to fall at his feet you know proscunio. we talked about that in mm-hmm. episode 19 to fall prostrate before God does the lyrics of this song motivate you to fall before God and ascribe to Him the glory that is due to His name? Right? We see that in the Psalms. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Ascribe the Lord the glory that is due to His name. Right, Or even the old English word for worship, worth-ship. It's an ascribing of worth. Do the lyrics of this song cause you to do that? Does it motivate your heart and captivate your heart with who God is? I would, I would encourage you to do that. And not just for this song, for every song. And we're going to definitely have more lyric analysis uh, with songs that are similar to this one as well. But does this motivate your heart to be captivated by who God is and to worship Him because of that? And here's the thing. If, as we wrap up, believer, God does not need to be decreed by our lyrics Mm. to act on our behalf. God's sovereignty is not limited and confined to the authority that we give him. And contrary to what we might believe or what we know about God's sovereignty, there are churches that teach that. There are churches that teach that. And it's heartbreaking. There are churches that have said that God that and I'm just going to say a quote. I'm not going to say the church. I would encourage you that you uh, research uh, and you find that because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to skew your opinion. Oh, THWP said this, you know, Um, but there is a church that said, you know, prayer is a way of us decreeing God to act something similar along those lines. And I would encourage you to, you know, look at look at that. But what has happened in the American church today? What has happened in the church today in general? Have we really degraded God? That human willpower and human desire controls who He is? Mm. Dear believer... Hear me when I tell you this. God does not need to be decreed by our lyrics to act on our behalf. His sovereignty is not confined to our prayers and to our uh, to our pleas. God works because he is God. Mm-hmm. And we worship not because we want something out of his hand, but because we know, though you slay me, yet I will praise you, yet I will trust in you. Why? Because we know that God is good and he is faithful. Though we endure suffering, though we endure trials, we know that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We don't worship to receive from God. We worship because we know who God is. God is does not need our permission to act. Yes, appeal to God and ask Him to act. But our lyrics do not cause God to act. Our lyrics do not give God permission to act. God does that because of who He is. And so, believer, let me encourage you with this. Look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith for of our faith of the Christian faith why because for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross and that reason itself will give you reason to worship for the rest of your life because you know that Jesus died in your place to save you from the wrath that you deserved, so that one day That through His resurrection and when He comes again, you shall be clothed in His righteousness and stand before God for all of eternity to sing the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into His marvelous light. That is where our hope lies amidst suffering, amidst difficulty, amidst tension and turmoil and hardship. We trust in the author and perfecter of our faith. And so when it comes to singing songs, Let's sing songs that do that. Songs that point us to the author and perfecter of our faith. Songs that magnify Jesus. And we've, we've gone through lyric analysis, you know, all this on the podcast so many times of songs that do do that. Living Hope is one of those songs. How Deep the Father's Love, beautiful song, right? It's an old hymn, but a beautiful song. In Christ Alone, Lamb of God, and a newer kind of I think 2015 is when it mm-hmm. came out. But that's a beautiful song. Sing songs like that. Why? Because it magnifies the person of Jesus.
1: Yeah. You want to talk about breakthrough and, and needing to see a miracle? Look at it as well. mm This man wrote this song after seeing literally his family die. hmm And to say it is well with my soul. To say even if my breakthrough doesn't come. mm Even if I don't see deliverance. mm it is well with my soul. You know why? Because Christ has regarded my helpless. Mm. State and has shed his own blood for my soul. Amen. And so because of that, I can say it as well. Mm. Because of that, I will worship. Amen. Because of that, I will extol the Lord. Mm. And friends, uh, I don't think we can bring this song to a congregation without putting on ourselves as, as worship as those, as people who might lead worship or lead praise in your churches. I don't think you can lead a people into singing this song without making them think more about their situation, more about themselves mm-hmm. than causing them to think about God. Cause I'm going to be very honest with you. As we were listening to the song, listening to uh, analyzing these lyrics, I was sitting here and I was thinking about all the times that, I didn't see God come through in the way I expected mm-hmm. him to. <laughs> and at the same time, I'm thinking, wow, the way that God came through, though, was so much better than what I yeah, expected. Yeah. So much better than the breakthrough that I, quote unquote, wanted. Mm. God's ways are higher than ours. Mm. And, and if you ever have a question about whether or not your breakthrough will come, root yourself in this. You were dead. Mm. Now you are alive. Amen. Like the blind man says in John 9, I was blind, but now, but now I, I, see. I
0: see. Amen. Amen. And and we look at that and that causes us to worship. Right, The greatest breakthrough that we have received was just like we said and just like we read in the scriptures. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He has loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, He has made us alive in Christ. You need breakthrough? Look to the cross, friend. Look to the cross. That is breakthrough. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Like we see in, in the song, it is, well, Christ has regarded our helpless estate. He has shed His own blood. It's not the blood of goats or calves or bulls, but He made intercession for us once and for all. He made atonement for us, I should say, once and for all through the shedding of His own blood. Believer, that is hope. That is hope. That's why we sing. That's why we rejoice. That's why we can dance like David danced and say, I will become even more undignified than this. Why? Because we know that while we were in the dirt and in the muck and in the mire, that Jesus lifted us out and holds us in his hand. And he is keeping us until the day when he returns and we shall be conformed into his likeness. That is breakthrough, friends. That is breakthrough that God has regarded our helpless estate and shed his own blood for our soul my sin oh the bliss of this glorious thought my sin not in part but in whole is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more what a breakthrough that is what a promise what a victory that is Christ has taken away our sin through the shedding of His own blood. And if you are listening to this podcast and you do not know Jesus, friend, if you need breakthrough and if you need victory, I point you to the cross. What greater news is that? You might be thinking, what is all this breakthrough stuff that they're talking about? What is all this victory stuff that they're talking about? And when I look... To this world and when I look to God, I see two completely different pictures of breakthrough and victory. While this world and while so many churches and so many pastors and worship teams will tell you about earthly victory and earthly promise and earthly breakthrough, let me point you, friend, to eternal victory and breakthrough and promise that was purchased for us 2,000 years ago at the cross And so if you do not know Jesus, this is breakthrough. This is victory. You could be in such a low place in your life right now and you might be wondering, what is going on? How did I get into this situation? Let me tell you, there is hope. There is hope. There is hope and it's in Jesus. And if you believe in Jesus, it's not about doing good works. It's not about doing anything that you can bring to God. God doesn't care about what you can offer because he already offered it all when he gave himself up for you. Crazy, right? Crazy to think about a God who would do that. A God who would love you enough to give himself up for you. But he did. And all he's asking you to do is not bring something, it's not say a special prayer, but we see in Romans 10 if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead you will be saved and we see in John 1 John chapter 1 that if you confess your sins God is faithful and just to wipe them away so friend if you do not know Jesus just believe just believe Just believe in whatever situation you might be going through. And like the lyrics that we talked about, the tension of the now, all of that. Yes, I'm not saying that that will go away immediately. Absolutely. Sometimes it might go away and sometimes it might not. But in the midst of that, there is still hope. There is still a reason to carry on every day because you know and we know that Jesus is holding us fast. And that one day he will come to claim us as his mm. own for all of eternity. Yeah. So believe in that, friend.
1: And it's out of that, out of knowing that, out of believing in that, that we can actually come to Isaiah twelve two and say, Behold, mm. God is my salvation. Amen. Amen. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song. Mm. And he has become my salvation. Mm. It's when we know what Jesus has done for us. Yeah. Yeah
0: all right so i think that pretty much wraps it up for this episode of the honest worship podcast um i know that this was uh, i hope it's not too long and we'll of course try to edit things
1: out we said we were gonna have this be 45 minutes <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> we said this was gonna be we sat down and we were like all right there's gonna be 45 minutes well i
1: said i wouldn't go any longer than 30 yeah and he uh, was like no you have to do 45
0: <laughs> <laughs> i think we did like an hour uh, but we'll see we'll try to make sure that everything is concise um but yeah, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Honest Worship Podcast. Thank you for listening to us talk and uh, at various points, maybe scream <laughs> <laughs> about God and his word. and about Sammy's definitely why... the screamer. Yeah, I'm definitely the screamer. And I think I said the same thing in, in last episode. I was like, thank you for listening to us talk and me scream. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, but thank you so much for taking your time to listen to this episode. And again, let me just point you to the cross. That is hope. That is why we get to worship. That is why all all of us, uh, whether it's Rufus, me and my sister, uh, all of us, you as believers listening to this, and maybe if you are listening to this and you do not know Christ, there is a reason for us to worship. There is a reason for us to sing and to dance and to clap our hands and to weep and to give praise because we know of a God who has regarded our helpless estate and shed his own blood. For our soul, and so yeah, make sure you check out our Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, which we now have. So if you can't listen to the episodes, uh, you can go there, watch clips of the episode, get some quotes. We just put up a, a recent quote by Charles Spurgeon, which I actually will read because it's a pretty awesome uh, quote, uh, and it's in regards to suffering, right? So last episode, I believe it's entitled "It's a Worship Amidst Suffering," mm-hmm. was last episode, and so we put up a quote by Charles Spurgeon, uh, and he said. Uh, oh, no, it's not loading. But I think I think I can quote the, quote the oh, there it is. <laughs> I have learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. Right? And so we just talked about suffering and, and difficulty, right? Uh, embrace it. Embrace it. Uh, because we know that in our suffering, right, in our weakness, the power of God is made known. And so we can trust. Uh, and I'm not saying, you know, don't, I'm not saying, oh, you shouldn't appeal to God to redeem you. Of course, appeal to God. Of course, ask God to work, but even if he doesn't, we can embrace suffering knowing that we have a rock of ages that we can lean on. So you can find quotes like that in clips from our episodes. Uh, We have some clips from Rufus, my sister, and me as well, um, talking about, you know, just like brief snippets, I guess, that kind of summarize the episode. And so, yeah, uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Honest Worship Podcast. We hope that you have a great rest of the week, rest of the month, rest of the year, and we will see you all later.
2: Goodbye. Bye.